After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Red Circle. Also, the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit like, subscribe, and turn the notifications on. Also, you can still catch us on Off the Floor. Text directly to your phone. Go to winnow.app backslash off the floor. $3.05 per month. Bypass Twitter, X, and everything else. Get insider information, special contests, and more. Go to winnow.app backslash off the floor. And our great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That includes prize picks. Use the code 5FIVE. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. We hope that you've been playing that Tua over six and a half completions in his first 10 because he only made six seventeen of 17 today. Uh, that's the easiest prop in the sport right now. So go to prizepicks.com. Use the code 5FIVE. Get that initial deposit matched up to $100. And now... Today's episode. Down to this day. Uh, five on the floor. Ride for my dogs. Where here's the thing. You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing. Got an all band. Y'all seen the block. Stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust. It's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. I got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. And by popular demand, (laughs) a return appearance on this podcast. Some people don't know that. Uh, somebody I've known for a long time, and somebody, believe it or not, I have tremendous respect for. You can follow him at HP Basketball. Matt Moore is his name. He is the best friend of Heat fans these days. Uh, we are going to do a whole bunch of things. First thing, Matt, I, I want to say this. Um, we appreciate you coming on, uh, and we do look for divergent viewpoints. I know it may not seem like that, uh, but we do. In fact, I try to find them inside the network, but I don't know. Some people just nod and agree with me, which is not really the way that this is supposed to go. Uh, but we appreciate you coming in because we know you've gotten into it with some Heat fans on some things, but we also know that you have information. We also know that you have viewpoints that we want to hear. And, you know, this process has been going on 
now for, well, first we want to thank Dame Lillard and Joe Cronin uh, because we literally are a week from trading camp. Uh, Eric Spolster was at the stadium today watching Mike McDaniel cook. And we're a week from training camp. Like, I mean, media day, by the time some of you hear this on Monday, media day will be one week away. Dame Lillard has gotten us through the entire off season. We've been producing 30 podcasts a month for the last two months when we would have been podcasting about Jamal Kane's interest in, I don't know, uh, you know, in the eighth man culinary things yeah. of Miami. Exactly. We've been able to 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 do about 45 Dave Lillard podcasts. So this has been good for us, uh, either way that this turns out. But Matt, again, thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I'm excited to be on. I, I like having these kind of conversations. I think it's fun to have these conversations. I think it's great to have them not on Twitter. You get a, I think a better perspective on how people feel and they can explain things with a little bit more context. So yeah, context. I'm excited to be on. Thanks for having me. Context. Nobody does context anymore. All right, we're going to try to do context here, though. Uh, and the first thing I want I want to make clear is, although I know that it is part of your thing that you you know everybody says you know you say I hate your team because that's what everybody thinks because you cover all the teams around the NBA and you tweet a lot about them. You don't actually hate the Miami Heat, correct? Can we can we get that out of the way at the very beginning before we get to the substance of this? I love the Heat. I love Spolstra. I love the organization. I love Riley. I love Bam. You love Zoe. Jimmy's fine. That <laughs> is awesome. Fine. Basketball from when he was with the Miami Heat. <laughs> he is my favorite player of all time. I knew that. I have covered uh, the charity festival that used to be his and then was Wade's. Uh, I Wade is in my top five for favorite players I've ever watched and covered. Uh, I love the Miami Heat. I absolutely love everything about the way that they approach things. I love the way that Andy and Adam have, have managed things. I love Spo's approach. The Heat are the best organization in basketball, period, and dot. All right, thank you for joining us, Matt. It's been great to have you on the podcast. Uh, we'll bring <laughs> you on in a couple of years. You said everything we wanted you to say. No, it, it, in all seriousness, now, we, we wanted to get that out front because uh, you've had some viewpoints on this trade that have been uh, contradictory to what Heat fans view as supportive of the organization. So I, I want to go through... A few of them, and again, you you can have a viewpoint, and it does mean that you have it doesn't mean you have a personal gripe against something. It's just the way that you view it. Tell me why I'm wrong about some of this, okay? Yeah. All right. Dame Lillard has stated an interest in playing in one place. He is under contract for four more years, but he has given eleven years of service to the Portland Trailblazers. He has stuck it out with them when they have not done right by him. They have not provided him with quality teammates, whether it's this particular management group or Neil Olshey before him or others before him. His best teammates have basically been LaMarcus Aldridge and and uh, and and CJ McConnell. Um, if you look at the rest of the list, it's a lot of Myers, Leonard, and Mo Harkless in the top 10, okay? He seems to have been very clear with the organization over the past couple of years, pretty much since tw- 2021, that he wants to win now. He wants to be at least given a puncher's chance. He doesn't need to win a championship, but he needs to know that they're all aligned in the same direction. And since then, it seems that the organization has done everything contradictory to that. They shut him down last year at the end of the year. Again, and, and I'm going to let you go get, jump in on all this. They shut him down at the end of they 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 shut him down at the end of last year, essentially to soft tank for a higher lottery pick. 
they seem to make some kind of indication to him that they would move that lottery pick to improve the roster. And this, again, this is after they kept the seventh pick to keep shit to get, take Shane sharp prior to that. And instead of doing that, and this is after they traded Josh Hart, they traded CJ McCollum, they traded other players who could have helped him for more assets to try to build up the roster. Ultimately, they end up taking a player number three. Nobody can argue with the player they took because I believe he probably should have gone in the top two, but they took a player at his position they did nothing else to upgrade the roster in the offseason. They re-signed Jeremy Grant for a large amount of money. And let me just start here. I think he has the right to ask out, even with four years left on his contract. And I actually believe, and this is where you and I may differ, he has the right to ask where he wants to go because of his service to this particular organization. And he wants to go to Miami before we get into what, what Miami's offer is or all the rest of that, or not offer, or they won't speak to him. Do you, what do you disagree with or disagree with, with my overall premise there? Okay. So like 95% of that I'm with you on. Okay. Uh, Dame has the right to ask out when the minute they didn't, they didn't make that, that trade of scoot on draft night. And like, I don't want to hear about it. It wasn't real. Like I know the Pelicans had scoots medicals. Anybody Mm. that's in the NBA that operates in any circles knows the Pelicans had scoots medicals. The Pelicans wanted to make that deal. You chose not to make it and that's fine. But the second that happened, the minute that you were like, yeah, we're going to do this. You should have been on the phone and been like, we got to get the Dame done. Dame deal done tonight. We're going to do it under the radar. We're going to do it undercover. We're going to do this in 90 seconds. We're going to get this out the door. Didn't, did not happen, and that killed their leverage because the next morning it was just very clear, like, there's no doubt how this is going to go. And Portland was trying to project, like, no, no, it's still going to be fine. We've got free agency. And everyone was like, no. Like, the minute you didn't make that trade, you had to move him. It's over. Like, that was your shot. Mm-hmm. He's going to ask out now, and sure enough, the meeting happens on Monday. So I'm with you on this. Um, I'm with you that he gets to have a preference on when it, where he gets traded. Like, I'm not saying like, yeah, Dame can ask out and he can ask to be traded to any of the 29 other teams. Obviously not. Like if they were to trade him to Charlotte, that would be disrespectful to Damian Lillard. If they were to trade him even to Orlando, which is a nice up and coming team insult, they're not ready to win. He can't go there and compete for a conference title. However, the problem here is when we get to the one, if he had stipulated the one, which made a lot of sense because they've got the pieces that Portland's looking for. They've built up those kind of assets. They haven't burned the future, which has been an organizational edict constantly to try and win now because we know who's in charge. If they had chosen a team that had multiple assets in place, then probably this deal is already done. This deal is already out the door. If he had given them two, three options and let them play against each other, probably this deal is already done. But he stipulated the, and I understand why he wants to go to Miami, because of what I talked about before. I get it. But the problem there is that once you have put the Blazers into this type of corner, not just a corner, you haven't pressured them. Like there's a difference between suddenly going up to a guy and being like, you better make this deal happen or things are going to go badly for you. And then dragging him into the bathroom with a switchblade and holding it to his throat. Like that's the difference that we're talking about here. So then Portland reacts the way that they have. Like this has been a series of miscalculations on not only the Blazers part, Dame's representatives. I don't even necessarily blame Miami that much. I don't think that my, like, I think Miami has been in concert with what Dame's representatives have wanted to do. Um, But I don't necessarily blame them because I think that they're along for the ride. But I do think that when we ultimately start talking about, I am with you that 
like his years of service. Absolutely. Like you want to honor that you're already doing that. They're not going to get a good deal for Damian Lillard. They're not going to get value equal value for Damian Lillard. That can't happen. There's no way the Blazers investor value is 10 times what any other team is going to get for him, mm-hmm. but you can't go this low. It's this degree of drop-off that causes the problem. And that's why we have the stalemate. So uh, I'm glad that you talk about the degree of drop off from a from a deal perspective, because I think that's another part where Heat fans in general and Matt, thank you for coming on the show. You and I haven't had the chance to uh, officially speak on the program. So what's up? I'm glad that you're here. Contrary to what Twitter thinks, uh, this is not a toxic place, folks. Um So I know that you have disagreed with uh, the premise that Miami has an offer that is good enough, point blank, period. There's not an offer good enough. And and if I'm paraphrasing your words incorrectly, interrupt me immediately. Um, So I guess where I'm interested to like understand your point of view from Miami's perspective, uh, I actually think that there are some things that they could do if they really wanted to get this deal done that would... uh, appease Portland. And I'm interested your perspective on those, but also in a situation like this, when Portland refuses to basically provide Miami with a roadmap and, and, and we have that on very good authority that they were not provided the, the adequate roadmap and Ethan can get on that in a a moment. Um, How the hell are they supposed to operate in this? Are they supposed to be moving heaven and earth to, to, to go and get guys um, and, and, and get more assets? Do they even know what they need to go get And, and then also if there's no other teams involved, why bid against themselves? So I'm interested in your perspective there. Um, And the, the piece I just, so I had two questions for you and I lost the first one. Um, Let's just go with the second one there Uh, with, with the offer. Now you you don't think it's good enough at all. What do you think? What do you perceive that offer to be? Let me start there just so that we understand that we're on the same playing field. Well, I don't think that there is one and you're absolutely right that like, and I understand why heat fans are frustrated. It's like, well, just tell us what you want and we'll go get it. Mm. And I think that they're probably close on that. I think the Utah, uh, Phoenix four team framework, Mm. depending on whether or not you believe Utah Indiana is involved or not is probably going to get it pretty close. Like I've been, I've been very consistent that I think Miami is going to wind up with Damian Lillard. I'm less confident now than I was two years, two weeks ago, based off of the noise that we've heard since Thursday. And I know you guys have heard and talked about the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've like, I have other, other reasons to believe it's less likely, but it's still the most likely outcome. The question here is like, how are they supposed to meet the offer? And the answer is like, Portland is telling you, you have backed us into a corner and you have eliminated a market. You've said you have worked in concert and you can believe that they have, or they haven't. I, I think it's pretty, we could be adults and not be naive here. They've worked in concert with Dame's representation to make sure that nobody else is going to put in an offer because of well, things well, like, Matt, if, they, if they did that directly, that would be tampering. We, we yeah. don't think they, we don't think they've done it directly. Right. There, like, there are other, I Miami's mean, not out there. Miami's not calling other teams and being like, you better no. not sign Like that's no, no, but, but we know we know who his agent like, speaks to, and we know, and I'm not not I'm right. not speaking about Miami, but we know when certain reporters report certain things that we you and I know the game. We we know yeah we know who yeah. the core ten so, NBA reporters speak to basically. Yeah, and so again, this is like this is the thing here where I said I don't necessarily blame Miami. That's kind of the thing here is like 
Miami didn't ask for Goodwin to go do this. They, they didn't ask for that. Like they're just trying to get a deal done to improve their team and win a title. But because Aaron is doing his responsibility to his client to try and get him where he wants to go, he's presented things where he's at. And I don't know Aaron, but like that's where things are at. Goodwin has done this. That's where things are at. So Portland's response then is, okay, if you're going to make it to where we can't deal with anybody else and you're going to try and have basically a no-bid contract on this deal – we're going to give you a blank slate and only tell you to jump. And we're not going to tell you how high, because that's the only way for us to get you to continually move up the offer. Because if we start negotiations, now we've established a position and we're only losing ground from there because you've already attained high ground because of what James representation has done. So from a, a Blazers perspective, because you, what you can't do is you can't expect Portland to just be like, we're going to take the biggest L of all time on this because it's Dane. Like they do have a responsibility to the team and the fans and the employees. Like there are other things, people that mm. get impacted by this trade. And so like, there's a responsibility there. And that doesn't mean that Dame is irrelevant. You need to, you need to make sure that Dame goes somewhere where he is satisfied. Like that needs to be an objective. And that's where this entire process wind, kind of winds up. And I still think it winds up being Miami. I still think that Utah, uh, I think, has enough interest in Hero mm -hmm. to be they able lot, to take it on, and they have enough. Yeah, and they have enough guys like THT going to Portland. Now, all of a sudden, Portland's able to say, like, okay, we get one of the good guys from Miami, the young kids, and we get THT, and hopefully, like, if they do the four teamer, we get Aiton mm -hmm. and the picks. Okay. Right. Like that's probably, I think, going to be able to get enough to get it done, depending on like the key here for me, as we talk about this, this is why I think it's fascinating is like Phoenix to me is the most interesting one. Cause I don't think Phoenix is doing the deal, just Nurkic going out and getting, uh, or I'm sorry, Aiden going out and getting Nurkic. And it depends on stuff like does Caleb Martin go to Phoenix or right. does Portland want Caleb Martin? How do you sort that out? I think there's a framework that's there. I also think that the, Again, this I don't blame Miami, but I do think that from a Blazers perspective, I think if they have any alternative except giving in to the team that by their fault or not have basically held them at knife point, they're probably going to prefer that other deal. And that to me is like an interesting question. Do you, like If they take a worse deal from Toronto, which Toronto is trying to get them to take – that's a failure on Joe Cronin's part. Like you got to get the best deal at the end of the day, whatever you walk away with has to be as good to as close to as good as possible. But there is this dynamic of, if you can get an equal deal with somebody that's not Miami, that's preferable just because this stuff does get personal. Like this has felt personal on all sides from the beginning because of how it's played out. It's weird that it's personal towards Miami because they are. Um, and I know everyone's going to roll their eyes at me, but uh, I, I think that the 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 subtle head nods to collusion don't sit right with me overall, just in the whole Twitter sphere, not from you specifically, Matt. Um, but I'm interested to just sneak this in here before Ethan takes the reins again. Do you think that Miami has enough vehicle, either assets as it is now, which I think we all know that nobody likes Miami stuff, like that's basically the 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 buzz word out there, and that's fine. Um, do you think that they have the ability with Tyler Hero and Caleb Martin to pull together a package that is good enough to get this deal done? And I ask you that because there are 
multiple people in the Portland media landscape that think Miami point blank does not have enough to get a deal done. And I'm interested in your perspective there. Um, I think they have enough to get the deal done given how Dame's representation has manipulated the market. So let's say that this didn't go this way and that Dame said, I really like his initial comments months and months ago were like, like there was a there was a thing that Shams reported that was like he's not looking for a super team he just wants to be on a contender, right? So there's like all these different variations of what that can mean. And he could if he had said because like I have an on pretty good authority he and Joel are and beat are on good terms. Like mm-hmm. those guys would be interested in teaming up. Okay, if if Dame had said, hey, here's the list. It's Miami, Philadelphia, Boston. Boston chooses Jalen Brown. That's no longer viable. Let's out. It's out the door. Like. Robert Williams is an interesting, like, would you rather have, but that's probably out because of the money that's now in, that's now committed. Um, so like he says, Boston, they're out. And then he lists I, some other team, like whatever that winds up being right? another uh, Eastern or Western conference contender that he thinks is good enough to compete. Okay. And then they all bid against each other. Miami probably loses out on that. Like they probably lose out in those situations based off of a number of factors, including like, a lot of this, like I, I will totally cop to this. One thing that's different for me, the reason I'm lower, I like even market assessment, I'm lower on because I don't think the picks will be good because of how much faith I have in the organization. Mm-hmm. Like that's like a lot of the big component in this. And I understand and, that. And like Zach Lowe and the others are going to say, like you never know, you can have one of those years, etc. And I think I mean Pat said but- Pat seventy seven, Jimmy's thirty four, yep. names. I mean, right. so I, I'm I mean I'm just again I, I've never really yep. heard that. And I want to let you continue here, and then I want to jump in with something else. But I, I've never really heard that used before. I guess like th- this is the yeah. first time in any of these transactions where the quality of pick, and, and again, maybe it's the Heat being punished for being successful for the last twenty-seven years. I'm not saying punished. That's that's I, I, I don't I don't want everybody to say okay, you know, I, you know, I'm throwing myself up against the cross again or something yeah, like per- that. But I'm, I'm, I'm just but it I, is. I'm, complex. <laughs> but, but right, uh, the persecution complex and all that. I, I'm not I'm not trying to say that, but. I've never heard that used before. Like we never talk about quality of pick mm-hmm. when it was Gobert. I mean, right. it's we talk about protect protections, but we don't talk about mm-hmm. that. But with the Heat, it's like, well, they never have a bad season. That's not true, actually. Right. I mean, they, I mean, they, they, they have one. Right. They just, I mean, Tyler Hero was picked a thirteenth. Bam was picked fourteenth. Yep. Uh, Justice Winslow right. was picked tenth. Karan Butler was picked tenth. Dwayne Wade was picked third. Like Michael yep. Beasley was picked yeah. second. It, it's not. Right. So, so I, I just think that that's been a little bit of a, a projection. It's kind of like, uh, I don't know, in search of a problem there, like right. you get, you get picks, you protect them fault. and that's it. And, and that's fair. I also think that that's fair. A lot of this is like, okay, if it's good, how good is it? Like, what do you get? Like, what's the, what do you get back? Like, Hey, you wound up with the 12th pick. Most data is going to show you like, Oh, Hey, you got, you got a starter for Dame, the best player in franchise history. Hooray. Like that's like, that's what we're talking about here. Right. And so, but I also understand that point. Um, I think it's a fair one. Like I I'm willing to like re-examine the process and be like, yeah, you never know. And that's what you're banking on is you never know. My thing is my, you never know with Miami is way lower than it is with the Los Angeles Lakers when they made the Anthony Davis trade. Like those picks will be good because that's going to go badly. The heat thing, like, yeah, possible. But I also think if you like a lot of this is I'm just like, 
I don't know. I trust Mickey Harrison. Like he's going to have smart people running the organization. And there's a good chance it's one of the guys that's already there. And I know that those guys are extremely smart and well-respected. And if you tell them, Hey, two years from now, you need to not give up a top 10 pick. I firmly believe they will not give up a top 10 pick, but even then like moving on, like aside from that, to get back to the question, I do think that they will have enough given the leverage that has been asserted that there's between Utah and Brooklyn, someone will probably give up enough to send just one young player that's got some upside back to Portland. And the Aiton deal is a significant addition to all of this because I think that's like, okay, this is a, this is a no, former number one overall pick, regardless of whether he should have gone one or not. Uh, that's a distressed asset that we get healthy at a young age. That combo, I think, is probably beneficial in moving this way, way closer to getting done. All right. I, I got I got two more quick ones here just based on some things you said before we go to the break. We don't want to keep you all night, but this is interesting. So maybe we will. No, I'm just kidding. Um, the way – first thing, is it the Heat's responsibility or Portland's responsibility in this case – to loop in these other teams to bring in these assets. Cause I getting back to what Greg was talking about earlier, there was a conversation at the end of summer league, which I know very, very well from those inside the heat organization, Haynes and others have confirmed stuff. We talked about like two weeks ago, which is that there was a conversation at the end of summer league where basically the heat went to the, the blazers and said, what the, what do you want? What do you want? We don't know what you want. Give us a roadmap, give us something. And they said, no, and so the Heat base said, we're not going to devalue our assets. We're not going to shop them to you or around the league and devalue our assets and find out what we can get for Tyler Hero, which already is going to be a tricky situation to navigate, although the Heat are better equipped to navigate something like that than anybody else. And I do believe, and I've said repeatedly, I think Tyler, wherever he is, is going to be incredibly motivated. And we'll get into Tyler's value here in a second. But they basically said, okay, then fine. Then, you know, you call us when you figure out your situation. And also the Heat are a one voice organization. Like that's how they operate. Okay. It's Pat. He takes other views from Andy, from Adam, from Zoe, from, uh, you know, from, from, from Mickey, from Pat, uh, I, mean, I mean, from, from Eric, from, from Nick, etc. But ultimately whoever's making the phone calls. And I think you and I, we all know who's making the majority of these phone calls, that person, there's one voice. Okay. They're dealing with an organization that seems to have, multiple voices there's yep. right i mean you're nodding as we're speaking i wish we were i wish my camera works if we were on video tonight i mean they don't know if it's they think it's cronin but it could be bird cold it could be uh it could be uh jody allen it could be the ushers they don't know like this organization doesn't act in a linear way yeah so so I is it the heat's responsibility to go out there and try and shop tyler hero caleb martin nikola jovich jaime Hakez? to get this deal done or is it Portland's responsibility to find what, what the best possible offer they can and bring it back to Miami. If that's where Dame ultimately wants to go. It's a hundred percent on Miami because Miami wants the deal and Portland doesn't like Portland ideally doesn't want to trade Dame. They need to, they absolutely have to, but they don't want to Miami. On the other hand, there's been some debate about this, but I'm just like, I don't know how you go back into uh, going to next season being like, yeah, no, we're going to be fine. We're just running back the, the same team that, wound up in the play and they're not miraculous they're not they're they're running back they're running back jimmy and bam they're bringing tyler back when he was not a factor in the entire playoff run we can talk about whether that was for better or worse and there are reasonable arguments to be made on both sides which we will get to i I, because i I know we want to talk tyler 
but they're not. They're not bringing back Struce or Vincent. They're bringing in Josh Richards. They're bringing in Thomas Bryant. This is not the same. They, they have Hawkes now. They have Jovic, who looks ready to contribute. And they have Kevin Love is from the Spartans. Like, is it, oh, is I, it I abs- better? I absolutely. And Greg and I haven't necessarily disagreed, haven't necessarily agreed on this, okay? I will say. Because mm-hmm. he did not feel necessarily that they were better. I do think they're better than they were at the end of the season. And I think they were better, not not by a significant amount, but I think yeah. they're better than the team they took to camp last year. And I think they they have – you have Love in the veteran role instead of Haslam, which will actually contribute something on the court. You've got Hakez, You've got Jovic going another year. You, Oladipo, you could not count on last year. They were counting on Omer Yurtsevin to give them minutes mm-hmm. last year and Oladipo. This team is better. Yes, they lost Gabe and Max, who've suddenly become the two greatest players of all time now that they're no longer with the Heat. But they create Gabe's and Max's all the time. And Haywood High Smith – We'll give and Caleb Martin was a guy that got as a camp body and he was nearly Eastern Conference Finals MVP. I'm not concerned about their ability to fill out depth and they still have Jimmy and Bam and we'll get to Tyler. So I do think that they are marginally better and they went to the finals. I mean, we can talk about them being a seven seed and nearly getting knocked out of the play in by Chicago with three minutes left and having to go to the eight. I get it, but they beat Boston and Milwaukee. They beat the two teams that you were supposed to beat. So I think they're fine. I, Am I wrong? You say you guys, Greg sort of thought I was wrong about that. You think I'm wrong. Initially, the, my, my issue is that there's a huge hole at point guard that I can't get over. And I just, that's how, you know, and I, I understand that they can get through that because that's what the heat do. But ultimately I understand what Matt is trying to tee up here. And I'm gonna let him, let him continue on about that. It is a little weird when, you know, guys have been explicitly in trade conversations. Yep. And then you have I to bring Tom- them all back into the same room. And it's all gravy until there's a six game losing streak. And then you head out West or something like that. And I know that if any group was were to come together and galvanized and become the great uh, team to respond, it's the heat. So again, like they got all these things working for them, but I do know that there could be that bit of awkwardness that I think Matt, that's what you're alluding to. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so like Kyle's going to be fine, right? Like Kyle's going to be, Kyle's a pro. He'll do he'll do the job to the best of his ability. He's slid, but he'll be fine, right? He just wants to play golf at this um, point. Let's be honest. Come on. It, it's, it's <laughs> I, mean, <seriously. laughs> um, I think part of it is you lose a lot of the continuity and the consistency. And this is a, like a little, little bit of a trap where you go like, well, you're losing the good things from last year's team. But last year's team wasn't very good in the regular season, in the regular season, in the regular season. Um, or you go the other way and you're like, okay. Um, they got all these like shaky dudes. Yeah, but all they got to do is be better than 500, which is what last year's team was. Like, there's a lot of ways that this winds up going over. I just wind up taking like, I don't know what this looks like. That's instability. And then you add on top of it, like, how do these guys respond if they are if they don't know if they're going to be coming or going? How much do they, do they go in? Because we've seen trade talks weigh on teams. Like, we've seen it. I wouldn't be surprised if the heat were fine. They have the best organizational structure in the league, like might be totally fine. Might get everybody on the same page. They tend to gravitate towards guys that are wired the right way. Um, But I do think if you're Portland and you're like, look, our house is burned down anyway. Like it's gone. It's over. Like we're toast. We're going to be terrible this year. Joe Cronin's probably getting fired. Chauncey's probably getting fired. Like the whole thing is probably done. Um, I do think that there's a little bit more urgency on Portland's side. And to get back to your question of who needs to be making these calls, like this is one of the things that Portland's doing again to counteract the amount of leverage that has been exerted on them, which is I like, I know for not, not know for a fact, I believe strongly. That's a better mm-hmm. way to put it. I believe strongly that what they have done is they have taken frameworks that, that Miami has tried to put together 
and then included those teams in other frameworks. So, hey, why don't we get get Phoenix involved in this? And Aiton goes there, and Portland's turned around and gone, hey, Toronto, what if we get Phoenix involved? And that's what they should do, but like this is kind of the risk of when you're like trying not to devalue your assets. And I will say this, that um, whether it's because Miami has not had official talks with Portland um, or because of their discretion or because like Portland knows what they're going to be offering and they're not, we don't like, we know what, what the framework is from a Kyle's got to go because of the money. Like the uh-huh. Lowry's got to go because of the money. But like I've seen you guys report and talk about Florida media report and talk about other national reporters, Florida and, and re- reporters talk about Caleb being in the deal, Caleb not being in the deal. Right. Like I have firm reason to believe that the Tyler hero deal is almost entirely separate at this point. Like it can be included or not included right. in the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's going to be Hawkins. No, it's going to be Jovich. No, it's going to be Jovich and Hawkins. No, it's only going to be one of them. No, they're trying to keep both of them. No, they're trying to keep Tyler. Like, there's there hasn't been this like devaluing of heat assets and whether that's by heat design or portland structure in terms of who they've talked to otherwise but like, this is part of the danger right that the heat are in right now is that definitely every team that i think is being that that it, that the heat are talking to about a potential expansion portland is contacting and trying to get them involved in deals with either toronto or philadelphia right. or some other team that i don't know about I, I think that's been one of the heat's concerns and i, I want to do a, a a quick break here and i, I want to get to two things with you specifically and then i know i know we got to run here i want to get to toronto and i want to get to tyler okay because i i think those are two other things on the table that we need to talk about but i do want to mention a great sponsor of the five reasons sports network our friends are over at water cleanup of florida you can check them out at wcufl.com huge heat fans Michael Robert and his team, they can take care of it in a preventative basis. We know the insurance companies don't always take care of things after the fact when you have water damage, mold damage, or any other kind of damage. So get that primary maintenance, get into their program, or if something happens, they're the best people to go to. Based in Boca Raton, but they service the entire Tri-County area. You can check them out. Call Michael at his personal cell, 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. WCUFL.com. More than 75 star reviews on Google. If you've got the schmutz, they got the guts. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Say goodbye 
to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. All right, so let's get to these two things here, Matt. Uh, the first thing is Tyler, because you said that their assets haven't really been devalued. The Heat would argue otherwise with him. Uh, I can tell you that their single biggest frustration in this entire process is the perception of Tyler Hero uh, by both the Portland Trailblazers, mm-hmm. but also by the national media, which has entered the, the, the Twitter sphere which they do not understand. And I want to have a serious conversation here about Tyler. They don't understand how a guy who's 23 years old, who has shown work ethic, uh, who is not a problem, no matter what the social media stuff or anything like that is, he's not a problem for the organization. He's a hard worker. He's averaged 21, four and five. He's shot 39% from three. Yes. He's had availability problems in the playoffs since the bubble. Uh, The first, he wasn't, particularly effective before he got hurt in the 2022 playoffs and then he was out for it. And then in the 23 playoffs, he was diving for a loose ball. I I don't hold him. You can argue whether it was the smartest decision. I don't hold that against him. I don't think they hold it against him. He wanted to prove himself. He couldn't. And then of course the heat advanced to the finals without him, which in some ways devalued the perception of him, but they think that it's gone way the other direction. We had a situation early on in this process where it was like, there was a report I, – I respect Ian Bagley, but there was a report that the Nets were looking for the Heat to attach a pick to unload Tyler Hero. Like this is the type of stuff that's been out there in the space. When when I know that Utah would give up a first and a player – T well, you mentioned THT. I believe they'd give up Sexton also from what I've heard to get Tyler Hero. Ainge likes him that much. I don't think they'd give up KO, which is somebody that the Heat would actually want to have back. Um, what is your perception of Tyler Hero? Because – I mean, it's one thing to say he's not Maxi, okay, who, by the way, Philly doesn't seem to be willing to include either. But to say he's nowhere near Simons, to say he's nowhere near Jordan Poole, to say he's nowhere – I mean, he's in the class with all those guys. So how do you view him? So on Locked on NBA with uh, David Miller, does Locked on Heat, we did uh, this whole, like I, – I took those four guys, right? I did Poole and Hero and Maxi uh, and Simons. And we said, like, who would you rather have? Like, let's rank them. And I have Maxi first because of the contract, because you get to, di- to to dictate those terms. Then Tyler. And then like, I think there's a drop. And then I think there's pool. And then I think there's a drop. And then there's Simons. I don't disagree. I will tell you that you are right that Simons has been, or that hero rather has been unfairly 
uh, hyperbole has caught on in social network discussion of him. I think that him still being 23 with the kind of efficiency that he's got is still really valuable. Um, I think like you can't be like, well, he's like an important part of a winner when it's like, yeah, you made the finals and he wasn't there. And there's a lot of people that think that that was probably part of it because of their identity. I don't even know if that's true. Cause like Tyler's a good shooter and that's how they got to the finals this year. Like they got to the conference finals with defense the year before that team, by the way, was really great. The 2022 team was legitimately great. Um, Hero I think is undervalued and will probably wind up like everyone that said that the heat fan that says everyone, these takes are going to look stupid in a few years. I think you're probably right. Like, I think he's probably get, like, if he goes to Utah, he's probably going to wind up looking awesome because he's going to have a great coach in Will Hardy. He's going to have a high octane offensive system. He's going to have some weapons around him offensively, the same as he's had in Miami. He's going to look really good with a higher usage and there won't be as much um, structure and discipline. So his numbers will be better, even if the impact isn't as good. Um, I don't think the Tyler Hero is a negative asset. I don't think the Tyler Hero is something that you have to take on. I honestly think that, um, part of this is like Portland should really legitimately be like, oh yeah, no, we'll take Hero. You're gonna have to take Simons though. Like that's what they should be doing is like, hey, let's get off of this contract and take yeah. on Tyler and try and move that off of their books. Um, so I think that's a mistake by the by the Blazers. I think Tyler is good. The problem is just um, Tyler. It's it's as it is with everything with this. It's not. Well, Dame wants to go to Miami. No, Dame wants to go to Miami. Who doesn't have anything? It's the specifics. And with Tyler, it's uh, Tyler on this contract as the centerpiece of a deal for Dame. That is where like you start to go like Tyler Hero cannot be the centerpiece of a deal for Dame, right? But if it's like Tyler Hero and and if it was Tyler Hero and Aiden, I'd kind of be like, okay, that and picks, and we're we're probably starting to talk. Like Portland doesn't want Tyler, and that gets to be Port like Portland gets to have that prerogative, whether they're right or wrong. Like they get to do that the same way that the Heat get to be like. No, your client only wants us. We're not betting against ourselves. Like both sides are right to conduct themselves. They have the right to conduct themselves in that manner. But I think that, like that's kind of where it gets into. I don't disagree with the notion that Tyler has become uh, underrated in, in discussion, underrated in um, the markets, underrated in lists, et cetera. Like Tyler's a really good player with a high upside. I don't worry about the durability stuff. A lot of his stuff is like freak injuries. I think he's going to be fine. He's tough as nails. I think Tyler's great. I just don't think he can be this. He's not like, oh, we get Tyler Hero? Great. You can have Dame. Nope, that's that's not how this works. So I'm glad we touched on Tyler Hero. And e Ethan's going to definitely, uh, and, and, and we got through the Tyler Hero process. Uh, Ethan's going to get us through the rest of this episode. I have to sneak this in here or heat Twitter will be upset with me. So here I go. There was discourse today about Dame's <laughs> trade value related to yep. Bam out of bios. And you yep. were very right. steadfast that, um, Dame, that Dame Lillard is worth a whole lot more than Bam out of bio. And I know mm -hmm. that a lot of people came after you. And I want to preface this by saying that I am in no way saying that Dame Lillard is not a better basketball player than a higher profile, more elite in a different tier player than Bam out of bio is. But don't you think that the context of his age and the just, and his contract, like, that that stuff has to be considered here when we talk about those two players, one mm -hmm. and two. Um, I just think that it, it just appears as if um, I, I'm just interested to hear how you think Dame at his age and at his current salary and just with the unique circumstances of the fact that he doesn't fit just anywhere. He fits in only very unique places uh, as the league stands today. 
Um, but he has, you think, should have more value than Bam Adebayo. And you believe that league personnel as well believe that? Or am I now yeah. am I give am I putting words in your mouth? So uh, like, yeah, I'll try and like distill this. What I said was factoring agent contracts, they're honestly about equal. Like having Bam at a younger age for a duration of time is valuable. It's extremely valuable. I want to make this clear. I think Bam Adebayo is the best defensive player in the league. And I've gone at Grizzlies fans about that. Like Grizzlies fans have come at me and I've been like, no, I think Bam's better. And like, I've dealt with Wolves fans and I've dealt with Boston fans. Like he should have won over Marcus Smart a hundred times out of a hundred. Bam Adebayo should have won that defensive player of the year. But when I ask around, there is kind of the idea of like, yeah, no, Bam's extremely valuable if you have the right system and you have the right surrounding players and you have the right structure. And if you don't need somebody who's going to be assertive on offense, because this has always been the thing with Bam and Bam has left a very good taste, right? Because of how he played in the finals, because quite honestly, Denver was like, Bam gets to shoot as much as he wants. Bam can score all the time and we don't care. Do not care. Um, but like in that Celtics series, it's a lot of what we've seen before, right? With Bam, where it's like, you you could probably do something on offense every now and again, and that would be nice. Like, I think Bam's amazing. I think he's a terrific passer. He's a great screen setter. He moves fluidly. He's extremely smart. I think Bam is incredible. He's one of those impact guys that his stuff goes so far beyond the box score. Damian Lillard is one of the five best offensive players in the league right now. And you say like, yeah, but he's going to, he's going to age. Absolutely. But you don't not get him next year. Like if he ages out in two years, if he drops off a cliff in two years, you still get two years of one of the best offensive engines in the national basketball association over the last five years, including last season when he played like Dame is a monster. He is incredible. He was third in EPM. The metric I trust most. Jimmy was fourth. That's how good Jimmy's off offense was last year when he was available to play. And like, I hear you on all of these things. I don't think that by the end of that contract, but you're also projecting and you're ignoring what you get for the next two years. And when you talk about Dame is like this incredible offensive monster, this also has to be considered where the teams that are not willing to make these offers for Dame is because they already have their guy. They already have whoever it is. They already have their number one guy. Like they're committed to their dude. The Heat need that guy. But but Matt, to and that point th though, to that point, I understand everything you're saying about Damon Bam. But to that point, isn't that part of why the market shrunk here? Like we can talk about Aaron Goodwin shrinking the market. And I understand that you're saying Philadelphia might have been involved and maybe Boston, if they thought Dame was interested, maybe might not have done the Jalen Brown thing, or maybe they would have gone a different direction. I don't know what value Robert Williams would have when he's got half a meniscus at this point, but whatever. Okay. But the, and the reality is you talk about Maxi. Okay. First thing, they won't put him on the table. It doesn't seem like, and if they do, you're going to have to pay him twice as much as you're paying Tyler hero. Just like you're going to have to pay OJ Ananobi twice as much ultimately potentially as you're going to have to pay Tyler hero. And I want to, close with a Toronto thing, but it, it seems to me there are other reasons why the market shrunk here. The market shrunk in part because the Heat do have a very specific set of circumstances. It's not just that Dame wants to play there. It's that the Heat need a lead guard like that. OKC does not. Like, you could argue maybe Presti could have accelerated the timeline, but they got Shea. What do they, I mean, not what do they need Dame for, but like, they have a guy like that, and other contenders have players like, even Milwaukee. We can make an argument. The Heat, I know, are a little bit afraid of Milwaukee and all this, 
but they do have Drew for what it's worth. Okay. I mean, that the Bucks are one of the teams that have been mentioned to me. So I understand we can talk about Goodwin shrinking the market. And I do think that some of that definitely occurred. And I think that was intentional. I'm not saying that he colluded on it, but certainly that was, that there was some intention to do that. We talked about how Dame had to make it ugly. He's not that type. So this is the way it was kind of done behind the scenes, but I don't think there would have been a robust market for Dame regardless, because I mean, again, we still haven't seen it. And, and so I want to and, and and when we talk about who has more uh, um, need to make this trade, we talk about what the issues that the Heat may deal with and all the rest of this. If you're the Blazers, you want to be bad. Like you have a lottery pick that you may have to convey to, to Chicago. You're trying to turn this team over to Scoot. Having Dame on that roster doesn't make sense. And I know what a big Spolster fan you are. I have not the slightest bit of concern with how the Heat are going to handle this because they have Spo. The, yeah. the, you know, the, the 2009, 2010 season, everybody on that damn team was a free agent. Yep. Everybody. You remember that. And they yeah. and they they had a very productive year with Dwayne. They lost in the first round. Yes, to Boston. But they got to the first round. OK, they they were a plus 500 team with yep. everybody on that team because Spo held it together. We're 13 years down the road now. He is 10 times the coach that he was before with 10 times the credibility and he has championships. But I want to close with Toronto here, uh, Matt, and we really appreciate you taking so much time with us, okay? Because there's even more noise about all of this, all right? Uh-huh. And, and, and I'm curious if you think, and now Stein's reporting, and I, I have great respect for Mark and, and for his sources and everything else, okay? He's reporting now several teams around the league believe that the Raptors' interest in trading for the seven-time All-Star is genuine, although they are hesitant due to Lillard's drug stance on one, only wanting to be traded to the Heat. Okay. And we can say maybe Dame, Dame shrunk the market on that. But if you're Masai, how do you make that trade when you know he doesn't want to be there? I mean, there, there's it's not like Kawhi where he's one year from free agency or anything. You're talking about four years. Would you do it if you're Toronto? Would you offer Scotty Barnes? I want to know your – I have a question for you. Okay. Because I think you know better than I do. Okay. Do you believe those teams have talked to Damian Lillard, or do you believe that they've talked to Aaron Goodwin? I would believe they've spoken to Aaron Goodwin. Yes. I am of the opinion, this is not reported, I'm not reporting this. I, personally, putting pieces together, think that there is like a very strict, no one talks to Dame. Because everyone around the league that knows Dame feels like, yeah, no, if he gets on the phone, he'll be like, yeah, man, whatever. Let's give it a shot because that's how Dame is. Cause Dame wants to play. Cause that's how Dame's wired. Cause like Dame is like, he is a guy that doesn't like, he hates the rest management stuff. It's a big reason why he's so pissed at Portland for losing all the games that he could have played in. Cause he just wanted to play. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that this whole thing of like, he's going to go to Toronto and he's going to spit on Tim Hortons and he's going to double park in a handicap space. Like, I don't think anybody believes that if they actually get Dame into camp, if they are brave enough to go through with it, that it'll happen. I do think that Dame's representation has done an incredible job of making everyone at least scared enough to not pull the trigger. So like, that's the dynamic in this is like, if you're a Maasai and you have the cachet that you do having won a title and you have these assets and you don't want to pay OG Ananobi anyway, and you have this entire dynamic, then you have the ability to be like, we can risk that. Other teams that are like, if this goes badly, I am out of a job and may never get one again. 
those guys are rethinking it when they say he'll show up and he he's going to steal money from the elderly people and he's going to not tip anyone like all this nonsense that we hear which is totally <laughs> antithetical to everything we've heard about Damian Lillard so that to me is my opinion is like Toronto can do this Philly can do this because of how Daryl Morey operates and those are the only two teams I think that you've heard of them involved because of that that because they are in the position to both want to win at the level Dame does have viable players that they could build around. Theoretically, I don't think Toronto would be very good. Um, and they have GMs that either have the security or mindset to take those kinds of risks. But I'm very curious to know what happens if Damian Lillard himself has gotten on the phone with these, with these teams, or if it's all been through his representation, which is totally fine. That's Aaron's job. Like that's how it mm. should work. Good one. Yeah. That's how it should work. Is it good? One should take the calls. But that's been my opinion is like, that's like, I don't think Dame's talking or should he, but that's partially at least why. And this is my last thing to all of that. If you're Portland and you send him to a place he doesn't really want to be in your view, does that affect your organization long-term? We saw this with Dwayne in 2016. They mishandled it. They've admitted that they've mishandled it. Most Heat fans were on Dwayne's side. I Trust me, because I was the one, you know, I was talking to Dwayne, not the Heat during all that. And I, I know, you know, it was 75% in Dwayne's corner on all that stuff in 2016. The Heat, as good an organization as they are, and even with their track record, had to overreact to that by paying a bunch of middling players who they could have you know, replaced through summer league guys like James Johnson, Dion waiters, uh, you know, et cetera, signing Olenek white side contract, which actually came in concert with Dwayne's uh, as did uh, Dwayne, but Dwayne leaving as, as did Tyler Johnson, they overreacted to show that they still took care of guys. It took them like four years to get out of the hole. They needed Jimmy to basically push his way to Miami in two different places. Okay. Mostly because of Dwayne's recommendation, because they had at least repaired things with Dwayne, at least to that point. And that's the heat, a team that does get free agents, a team that is considered an attractive organization. Do you believe that if Portland does wrong by Dwayne, Dwayne, now now mixing him Dame in any way that it affects them long-term, I'm not talking about Cronin because he probably won't be there, but I'm talking about ownership and the organization. If you asked me in 2016, is Mickey Harris and stuff on the Heat in 2023? I'd say yeah. If you asked me if Jody Allen is going to own the Heat in or on the Blazers 2030, yeah, 2030, I would say no. If you if you asked me if Vulcan was going to mm-hmm. own the Blazers in 2030, I would say no. If you asked me if Joe Cronin is going to be in place in four years, I'd say no. If you asked me if Chauncey Billups is going to be in place in a year, I'd say no. Mm-hmm. Like that's the difference. Is when. And the other thing is, like, this talk about Scoot, this is the the dumbest one. And, like, Ethan, you know this. No mm-hmm. rookies turning down the extension. So we get yeah, no, Bob, Bobby, Mark, Bobby Marks went at me on Twitter. And Bobby and I are friends. He went out, and, and he's right. He's right about that. The, the second contract, they all sign it because it's the they money. All sign but, it. but what but, but Bobby said that I also agree with is it's the third contract. It's down yeah. the road. It's are you going to take care of me long term? That, that's where it comes thing, in. Though. Here's the thing, though, is, like, oh, no, like, we did right by Dame, but we're 500. Is is Scoot gonna be like no, I'll sign back? No, like that's it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't. They're gonna do what they want. If Scoot's like, I want to be a Laker. That's all. Like that's it. Like that. You can't. You can't. When when you constantly do these things to try and keep them happy, you wind up in a situation where the star players are. You're you're just. It's a self defeating kind of thing. Like yeah, you treated him right. You did everything right. You know what? Kevin Durant wanted to go live in the Bay. 
the end. That's it. The end. The over. Like, doesn't matter. You made the conference finals four times. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. So, like, going in on that kind of mindset is not a good way to operate. Plus, you have time. You got eight years for you to figure out how to win with Scoot Henderson. You got eight years of runway to figure that out. You got time. And by the end of it, people are going to be like, oh, yeah, I remember when Dame was traded. It uh, To me, this is like a... I understand why it's brought up, but it's not a real thing. Just it ignores all the realities of how much the what the players want is the most important thing. And what they want to do is they want to make a lot of money and they want to win. And if you're able to provide those two things, preferably in some way that they like some place they want to live, you get a pretty good shot anyway. All right. Well, Matt, we appreciate the time. It sounds to me with a lot of this that in some ways the heat are in a corner because they're a good organization and, and yes. because, 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 because people don't think their picks are going to be very good because they can't play as fast and loose with certain things as an organization where it seems like everybody's going to be fired and the team's going to be sold. And yes. es- essentially they're paying for competence, which, which I, I get it. I understand it. And I know you appreciate it, which I don't believe everybody in the national space necessarily appreciates what the heat have accomplished here over the past 27 years, which is remarkable. I mean, missed the playoffs, what, six times over that period of time. They, they've missed the playoffs as many times as they've made at fewer times than they've made the finals uh, during, during Riley's t- time. So, I mean, I get all of it. I, I just think ultimately I agree with you. I think it's going to get done uh, at some point because I just have a hard time believing that the Blazers are going to take less just because it's personal. And I, I don't necessarily think, and I agree with you, if you can bring Aiton into this and some other players, I think that the heat can get there where it's, where it's better than what somebody else is willing to offer. And if Toronto's not giving up Scotty Barnes, then I, and and Philly's not giving up Maxi, then I have a hard time seeing it. I I just do. Philly's a Philly to me is, is the biggest concern. I think Milwaukee is the dark horse out of nowhere is a secondary. Yes. The, the Portland stuff is just leveraging. And if it's not, mean, then the, that's the Toronto mistake. stuff is just leveraging. You think that's what you mean? Yeah. Because, and, and the reason I, I, it is, is because like, you have to know by now after what, like I heard things were like red hot on Thursday. And again, oh, yeah. we, we all, did. Walked, but no, we, we heard the same thing. thing. We, we heard it was, but, we heard it was red hot. He pulled out and then Masai, Masai, essentially. Yeah. And right? they came back. Yeah. Masai's always going to do this. He's always going to be right there. And then he's going to try yes. and like, sne- and so no, I wouldn't worry about the, well, we had, deal. we had as far, we, we had, we had as far on, uh, on playback. And, and it, the impression I got is he needs to make it look like he's doing something. Cause they're there. He yeah. hasn't really made a big transaction in a long time. And he hasn't had a chance to fleece the Knicks in a while, which he did in Denver and he did in Toronto and they're under different management now. And, it just doesn't it just doesn't seem like they have a direction. So you want to show your fans and your ownership group we're doing something, but I just have a hard time seeing them close this deal. I still think it's Miami. I agree with you, and I think the Heat agree with you. Philadelphia and Milwaukee are the two teams that I would keep an eye on here. I've mentioned New Orleans as a dark horse consistently. I know the Heat believe that Utah is a bit of a dark horse in all this, but I think that's more for Tyler. I I, I don't think that's as much uh for Dame. Well, Matt, look, we kept you too long. We appreciate it. Um, we appreciate the context and the conversation and, and all of that good stuff. Uh, I would say I would try to keep heat Twitter off of you, but I, I don't have, I can't, I can't, I've tried to manage no. it for the last, you know, what is it? 15 years and been just keep telling him about Alonzo morning being your favorite player. That's yeah, the that's way it. to go. That's a that's good start. That, that's it. Thank you, Matt. Follow him at HP Thank basketball you. and action network. Thank you for listening to The Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.